Now, don't forget, guys, we're trying to create um, in our church, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You know that saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And we're trying to kind of change the culture of the church a little bit, uh, that we kind of don't just sit passively uh, in the pew with the preachers and stuff, that we want to hear a bit of a participation with a few amens coming up. Because amen means I agree with what you're saying. All good? So we're going to have another practice because I'm going to annoy you. On the count of three, I want to hear an amen. And I'm talking to you too, Dale. I want to hear a loud amen on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Excellent. Excellent. Man, you're getting better every week. What's going on? Terry, you haven't been for a few weeks. Um, Jesus loves you still. It's all right. No, no. Everybody has life to live. It's all good. But um, right here, I've done everything I need to do. Yep. Oh, the other, other interesting news and the good news is, is that Kieran and Ryan um, will be coming back um, as of the end of January to be part of this church again. Uh, and it's kind of like this thing, Cobram and Yarrawonga are not two separate churches. We are one church in two places. We've also got the Gold Coast Church. We've also got all the bunch of guys, all our churches in Africa. So we're not one, oh, sorry, we are one church. We're not just separate places. So you're still in the family. You know, you're still my brother and my sister. Rachel, isn't that good? Amen. All good. Radio. The last couple of weeks I've been talking about, you know, as we were leading into Christmas, uh, tail end of the year, all that kind of stuff, um, and entering into the new year, about it is so important for each of us that you're not reliant just on the pulpit for you hearing from God. I have a role to play. People who come up here have a role to play. But end of the day, you're going to stand up before the master one day and he ain't going to ask you what did the preacher say. He's going to ask you what did you do with what he said to you. You with me? The world is in a chaotic, crazy space, man. There's crazy stuff going on. There's more craziness on the way. Fact. And like never before, my friends, it is so important that you as an individual spend time with the master. Spend time with God and listen to what he is saying to you about 2023, about what is his plan for your life for 2023. We've talked about how God brings revelation to us as individuals. God reveals more of who he he is to us. Nobody knows everything about him. If you think you know everything about him, then friend, you know nothing. He is immense. He is amazing. He is uh, infinite. And there is so much more that you and I need to learn about who he is through spending time with him. You're with me? For me, in my time with him, I've mentioned that I'm hearing him speak to me as a person and also for me as, you know, um, a leader of what we do here about the souls of men and women in this world. See, what City said, he don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, God, from my viewpoint, like never before, wants his church to be the church. He wants his church not to be this thing that just meets on a Sunday and it's all about you know, Sunday in our Sunday club. No, it is about this 
meeting that we have today, preparing you for the week of you being out in the harvest that Christ has for us in our lives. You are all part of the master plan that God has to change this planet for him. Hallelujah. So I want to kind of talk about that this morning. I've entitled my message, The Harvest. The Harvest. I want to base it out of how Jesus kind of meets a bunch of guys or purposely comes across four particular men, calls them to himself, not randomly, but because he had a purpose in drawing them. And then a particular moment in those four men's lives, along with eight other men, where a change took place. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the word. Lord, we are reliant on understanding who you are. Naturalness, our natural thinking, cannot understand the immensity of who you are or the wonder of your truth. But Lord, you've sent your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, open your word to us this morning. Peel back the layers of our heart. Let us understand. Let us have revelation this morning about the wonder of participating with you in your harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. A little bit more enthusiasm? Good, good. Okay. So I want to go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4. And guys on the stream too, apologies. You know, we haven't been streaming for a few weeks because we're trying to change our streaming equipment. Uh, we're trying to get more technology, and uh, we're so happy that you're with us again, and we will, we're building back into where we are. Um, we do need your prayers uh, with um, doing this thing, because we were growing quite a good audience, and then we've, we've just had to change our technical gear um, to accommodate um, the future. All good. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through to 22. Jesus had done his... Uh, you know, done the baby thing growing up. Um, he'd done the time in the desert, uh, fasting for 40 days. Uh, he'd been um, baptized by John. A Holy Spirit had come upon him and the voice from heaven had said, this is my son who I am well pleased with. And he was entering into his ministry and now he was calling the men and women or the men in this particular verse who were going to participate in his plan. So Matthew 4.18 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21 Going on from there, he saw two brothers named uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets. He called them, um, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed them. Note the encounter these two or four men had with Jesus. Was he just kind of cruising along, walking by the lake, and he kind of randomly sees these guys, these four men, two separate incidents. And he kind of thinks, oh, you know what? You know, it'd be a great idea. And I called those guys. And, you know, they came and participated in the plan. Was it just a random thing? Think about yourself. 
Give me a wave if you know him. Give me a wave if he, you've met Jesus. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Tell me if you have met him. Dale? All good. Wrong name. No, it wasn't random. It wasn't random when he called these men. This had been something that had been planned even before the men were conceived in their mother's wombs. This was a plan conceived in the mind of the creator of the universe that at the moment when Jesus was coming to the planet, that God had already planned that it would be those that would walk with Jesus as followers and become participators in the great massive plan of the redemption of mankind. You are not randomly a Christian, my friend. You are not randomly here Today, you're not randomly in this generation and just kind of, well, you know, you met, kind of heard something about Christ and you made a call. No, 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 mate. Way before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. Think about it. Before the sperm met the egg. God knew you. He knew you. He knew that he had a plan for you and he made you. You didn't just randomly happen. He made you purposely with a plan in mind for your, dest- for your destiny. Hallelujah. It says this in uh, John chapter 15, verse 6. Funny thing too. See, Jesus had already done the time with the guys and then he comes to a moment in, uh, in the last week of when he's about to go and be crucified and he speaks this thing to them. Very interesting. See, they had spent a lot of time with Christ, but he needed to let them, get them to understand something. John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask my father Uh, Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, these guys were no longer bunnies. These men had spent time with Christ, had seen the miracles, they had watched, watching what the Master was able to do. But they needed to get a new revelation about what had actually occurred the moment they had been called by him. They needed to understand that this was not something random. They needed to understand that, hey, it wasn't all about their choice, that there was something about God choosing them even before they were born. See, for us, for you, for I, the understanding that God has your life covered comes from this understanding that this is not just random, friends. This is not just random. It's not, not, not just things that kind of happen and then you run around trying to deal with the randomness of life. No, it's about this revelation that, man, God chose me. He's got my back and he is watching the steps of my life and he even knows the very time I will take my last breath. Chosen. The disciples were about to see some terrible things happen. The master was about to be crucified. Their world was going to get tipped upside down like never before. They had no idea. But this thing that Jesus was preparing them for 
about the chaos that was about to happen was, brother, you are chosen. I got you. You may not understand it, but I've got you. I've chosen you and I have a purpose for you. You have a purpose. You are not random, friends. Chosen for you by God. Interesting. Can I have an amen if we get that? Here's the crazy thing. Now let's go back to when he calls the fishermen. He calls the fishermen instantaneously, man, they drop their nets. Something about what he said just drew their hearts to let go of what they thought was their future and follow this man and the voice of what he said. Something happened in that moment when they had the sense of God was on this. Something powerful that turned these men away from that life to a life that they really had no idea about, truly. But there was a drawing, a sense of God. Then what happens is they get to spend time with Jesus. They get to spend this time with Jesus and they watch this person that they don't understand, they chose to follow, they watch some amazing, incredible, outrageous things happen. It's like, what? He walked on the water? What? What? There were dead people raised? What? 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 He sees the blind see. They see the blind see. See, lepers, lepers, the curse of that then generation, the AIDS or the coronavirus or whatever you like to call it of then, instantaneous healings because of this man they had chosen to follow. And he said this to them at the beginning. He said, I will make you into fishers of men. Think about it. He was making them into something they weren't yet. He didn't say, you're already there. He said, I'm making you. I'm going to make you. I'm going to put you through a process that you are going to become just like me and do just like I do. See, when you met him, whether you understand it or not, Jan, I I felt this at the beginning of the service. Stop for a moment. Your friend, I, I, I... I, I've been disobedient to God. Jean, when I went over there and I talked to you this morning, it's all good, you can go, but I talked to you about the power of Jesus to heal. And I said, talk to Jan about it. I felt in the worship to pray for you. I went around trying to find the anointing or I couldn't find it. But I feel God wants to touch you and heal your body. Um, if you're okay, just if you can come here, I just want to quickly pray for you. I don't have the oil. Did we find the oil? If we don't have it, it's all good. Is that okay? Just real quick. It's all good. I'll just come where you are. Just stay right there. It's all good. I'm just going to be obedient. Is that all right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you sent Jesus to heal. You have preordained this lady's life. And in the name of Jesus, I speak healing. Healing. Lord, every disorder, every disorder in the name of Jesus, broken, broken, broken. And we declare healing in your name. We believe it. Manifest that healing. Bring her brain into alignment with your plan.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Something's coming good. It's happening. I'm telling you. Have a good day. Sorry, it's all good. I just feel. Jesus heals, man. He heals. One of the things that I felt, I felt when um, we've been talking about this evangelism thing with God speaking to me about whatever his plan is, is about healings and miracles in Australia. Uh, I've seen them in Africa, man. We see them in Africa. Tara and I have seen deaf people uh, hear mute children speak. True? He's bringing it here. Are you ready? Do you want to be part of it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Are you getting with me? Are we on the planet with this message this morning? Sean, he got you. He wants you to get some more other people. He even got your wife. Whoa. Okay, chosen and prepared. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through to 10, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, the, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. See, the moment when they met Jesus, there was something that made them follow him, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. But they really didn't get what the plan was going to be. Because the natural could not interpret what the supernatural wanted to do. Do you understand? The natural could not interpret what the supernatural was going to do through them. That's why when Jesus called them, he said, I'm going to make you something you're not yet. I'm going to change you in a way that you don't yet get because you're at a natural level and I'm a supernatural God and I'm going to do some supernatural things, the work of the Spirit, so that your mind yet can't conceive that you're going to begin to think about things that are impossible to do with men but are possible with God. You with me? Supernatural. And see, you, when you met him, he began the same process he began with those four men. He was going to make you something you weren't yet. He was going to make you someone, even in your natural thinking, you could not yet understand whatever he was going to do through you. And he began a preparation work to get you out of this natural way and allow the spirit to get a hold of your mind so that you yourself would become something you weren't yet and participate in the plan. Amen? Eye hasn't seen. Ear hasn't heard. Now, at the particular time where church is and around the planet and... Uh, the whole COVID thing and, and all of that. And uh, it's kind of like um, churches were forced to change because of the restrictions that were put on us. Uh, but we embrace different types of ways to communicate as a result of that. And you see, church is not meant to go backwards to where it was. Because where it was, was not where God was wanting it 
to get to because God wants the churches and the world of Christianity to embrace the miraculous power that they have not yet seen. See, if nothing changes, nothing changes. We're changing how we're doing stuff. We're changing positions. These guys are going where they're going. Karen and Orion are coming here. Darren is raised up as the campus pastor. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I feel a strong pull with this evangelism. Tara and I are super busy doing what's going on with Africa because there's already a whole lot of supernatural going on there. And there's already been supernatural here. But friend, there is way more for 2023 because trouble's coming because that's how it's going to be. That don't matter. Because we access the supernatural. Hallelujah. Am I, am I convincing you? Hugh? Give me those amens. Otherwise I'll go on for two hours. I don't know if my voice will hold out. The disciples began to watch what Jesus did. They followed him, and they began to see and hear and watch. And it was like, whoa, man, that's crazy, because it was was intense. It was powerful, at times scary. But they were just watching, because Jesus was doing the ministry. They just watched their master do all these amazing miracles, but there came a moment when the watching was going to change, when no longer were they just going to watch and be part of the crowd who watched what Jesus did, they were about to become the men and women who did what he did. But there's a moment. There's a moment when that transition took place. Matthew nine thirty-five. Did I give the right verse before? Oh, sorry. That's what happens when you get a bad throat and a headache but I'm healed in Jesus' name. I gave you the wrong scripture way back, did I? Oh, well. Matthew 9, 35 now. This is a moment. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news. Jesus was the proclaimer. Jesus was the one speaking of the kingdom of heaven. And it says... Uh, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Then something happens. Jesus had been doing it. But then Jesus himself realizes this is the moment. This is the moment for these boys. This is the men who have been making. Now's the time for them to put into action the things that they've watched and seen and being prepared for as I've been making them. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, verse 36, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. What's going on? 
Was Jesus overwhelmed with the problem? No. But the immensity was massive. And now he needed these guys to take up their part as workers. Workers. Not part of the crowd, see. Workers in the harvest. Real interesting. Then something happens, because the very next verse in chapter 10, verse 1. So whatever's going on in their heads, it doesn't say. It just says, Jesus said this stuff. And then in verse t- uh, chapter 10 of verse 1, something changed in that moment for these men. Jesus called the 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then he explains a whole bunch of stuff and sends them out. What happened? What happened from making these guys be watchers to be doers? Because I've been doing this Christian thing for a long time, man. Long time. And I would divide church people into two, two types, personally. Without being judgmental, just from my experience, I get the watchers, people who come on Sundays, and they watch. They're part of that crowd who watch it. Wow, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And the world is full of a whole bunch of Christians who are watchers. They like watching. It's a little bit like watching... Uh, an AFL game, if you really want to lift the level, it's really like watching an all-black game. As good as that. But watching is quite easy and comfortable because watching is about watching someone else. Watching is about hearing the good things God is doing. Watching is about just watching. There's a lot of watchers in Christianity. But there's another group of people who are the workers workers in the harvest. If I annoy you this morning, I've reached my goal. Are you a watcher? Are you part of the crowd who just like to watch what Jesus does? Get a bit for yourself. Oh yeah, that's good. Get your healing, get your freedom. But you just keep doing your thing and you just sit in the comfort of a watcher's faith. There was a moment for these men when it was time to change from being a watcher to a worker. How come? What made the difference? It's your lucky day, I'm going to tell you. Can I have an amen? amen? A crowd or a worker? Gosh, let's race through this. I've lasted longer than I thought. I thought I'd do 10 minutes. Shall I keep going? Because yes. I could make an excuse. What did the disciples see and hear that made them change from a watcher to a doer? Remember, chosen people were chosen before they even were born for a work and a purpose of God. Ain't to watch. These men, up until this point, 
had spent a ton of time with Jesus. They had travelled all over the particular area, and his min- the area of, of his ministry was not a huge area, actually. It was very concentrated, strongly around uh, the Sea of Galilee and Jerusalem, but didn't go a lot further. But these men had spent this time watching Jesus do a miracle, watching the crowds gather. Then the crowds would dissipate and go, but they didn't go. They stayed listening and watching to what the master was saying. So, you know, when you spend time with people, you get to know that person, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. And so they're spending this immense time. In fact, they were spending so much time that they'd put their lives on hold. Matthew, the tax collector, had left all the glory of making that loot. If you watch The Chosen, great, just give it a plug, great, um, really good. Not saying quoted as theologically correct, but very good. They were spending time with Jesus. See, when I met him, something happened to me. Same thing happened to City. I wasn't the man that I was before I met him. There was a transition that happened in my life where, man, I, I just, I got set free. I met him. And then I started to spend time with him. And the more I spent time with him, my God, I got even more amazed. I got even more overwhelmed about the wonder of who he was. See, it's the same for them. It's the same for them. As they spent that intensity with him through the highs and the lows, through the rebukes of him telling them they had it wrong, they kept staying with him. See, friend, most watchers only spend the minimum are the crowd who watch the stuff, but then the crowd dissipates. These men weren't like that. It was all or nothing. You're all looking at me like, who knows? How do you go from a watcher? How do you go from just being in the crowd? Friend, you've got to be with the master. You've got to sit with the one who loves you and set you free and who made you, who called you, and you sit with him. I tell you, you will not be the same. I tell you, you will feel his heart. They spent a lot of time with him. Second thing. It says of this, and John somewhere, John later chapter in the chapter of John, it says um, that the Holy Spirit was on them, but would soon be in them. So the second aspect of what changed these men was the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father. The Holy Spirit was already at work in these men, but there was going to come a time when he was going to be in them. Because he was on them, the Spirit had access to them. You with me? What drew them that moment they dropped their nets? Friend, it was the Holy Spirit. What made them want to become a doer was the work within them of the Holy Spirit. So you can go to churches today that are safe, 
conservative. And they don't like talking too much about the Holy Spirit. They don't like talking about Pentecost. They don't like talking about the supernatural because it scares them. Me, like I said, I met him and I spent time with him and baby did it change me and it's still changing me. And the Holy Spirit has been, continues to work on me when I let him. You know, worship, coming to church, you should be feeling him speak to you now, otherwise go home. Go home. Shut the church, Terry. Sack the pastor. Sack him. One, time with Jesus. Two, the work of the Spirit. When Acts happened, when he got in them, I mean, they did some stuff, but when he got in them, oh man, Peter's shadow would heal people. When I got saved, and I'm not trying to go, we, we, me, me, I, I, I hate it. But I've got to tell you, I couldn't put down what he'd done in me. I couldn't put down when I spend time with him what he does in me and makes me care about others, not just me. When the Holy Spirit is on me and around me, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that shy, timid man anymore. I'm someone who's got this mission. And I don't care if I spit telling you about it. Why do we go to Africa? Do I like the long trip? Do I like sitting in the plane, squeezed up? Do I like it? No, no, I don't actually. Do I like when I go to Africa that we do big, long, hard journeys and we do all that stuff and we deal with problems and whatever and we get so many hundreds and hundreds of people saying, give me some money. Do I like seeing all the children that I see who have nothing? Do I? My natural would wa- wanted to run. My natural man just wanted to run and do my comfort life. But no, 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 because he has a plan for us. And stop watching 2023 and what's going on on this planet, friend. If you're a watcher, you're going to get swept away, baby. You're going to come under the weight of the trouble. Oh, sheep, I'm preaching harsh. I'm going, to, I'm going away. You can complain when I'm gone. Number three. They saw what Jesus saw. See, he said, brothers, my disciples, the ones I'm making, the harvest is ripe. He said, look, the people, the crowds, they're like people who are rest, nobody to lead them. They're helpless. He said that to them. I want to ask you a question. What did Jesus see when he saw the crowds? Did he come and go, Ooh, who am I going to pick on? That Andrew, he's a stinking sinner. Did Jesus come and look at people and judge them and just like, waste of time that, brother? Did Jesus come and bring a big stick to judge us and make them condemned and feel real bad about themselves? No, no, no. Jesus came when he saw the crowd and his heart wet with compassion because he saw their lostness and hopelessness and their need of someone to come and lead them on a path that led to true life. You with me? See, here's the thing about church. Here's the thing about church people. I'm one of them. Man, we like to judge. 
We like to look at our brothers and our sisters sometimes and just judge their faults because we're better than that. Friend, you're a stinking sinner as well. Oh, God, sack this guy. I am a stinking sinner, saved by grace. And see, when you look at this multitude of people around your life, what are you seeing? You're just walking on by going, I'm doing my life. Or are you looking with your big, you know, with what's going on in our, it's very easy to judge our government. It's very easy to say, evil, evil, you know, do the big judgment thing. He didn't do that. I mean, he wasn't frightened to say it how it was. But, you know, he spoke to the harshest was the religious people who were judging everybody. Stephen, stop running away from the plan. Stop letting the past stop you from what he has chosen you for, my friend called you, chosen you, purposed you. I better finish because I'm getting harsh. I'll save the fourth point for when I come back from Africa. (laughs) Can I have an amen from somebody? Friend, my challenge for us as a church today is this. The past is the past. If we just keep doing it how it was, we'll just keep getting the results that it was. And that ain't good enough. It's about us understanding we are chosen with a purpose. And that God, I I am so convinced there is a harvest of souls. I don't want to watch it. I want to be part of it. Your choice, friend, watcher or worker. Father, I thank you for this people. Lord, I'm not here to beat people up because you'll beat me up. But Lord, I am here to speak the truth. Holy Spirit, breathe your life on truth. Let the truth set us free. God, let us make that conscious moment choice decision to be a worker in the harvest of 2.23. Lord, let us take up the moments you're going to bring for us to light up this world. In Jesus' name, amen.